Greetings and welcome to CritCast episode 23, where we are going over the Warhammer World February tournament. Uh, but I am joined by Charles and Alex today. Hi there. Hello. There we go. Yeah, so because uh, we, we went down as a trio and, you know, you know Charles and Alex, they've been here before because we've gone down to events before. Uh, oddly, when we last played in December, um, you guys couldn't get tickets because they literally, the Spanish bought them all. So it was, it was just, yeah, it was just us free. Uh, But it was, it was like, uh, there was a lot of drama with the event. Well, not really drama. There were issues with the organization of the event, shall we say. Um, Because you've, if you've watched the video I've done on this, you probably were aware, uh, like, what was it? So when me and Charles were looking at booking at train tickets a month before the event, I found out the pack said three missions, but when it said four, then we checked with GW and then after we booked the train tickets, GW said, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be a four-round event, but we're sticking that three rounds because the book said three rounds and we know it's too late, which is fine. And then the week of the event, I think the Tuesday, they emailed us that they're not using the critical operations pack. So uh, that those are the biggest things around the event because uh, I felt a bit really bad for Alex because, you know, Charles managed to secure his own set of crit ops and then Alex said and Alex you were like learning all crit ops and then you were like I had to message you going I'm sorry sorry Alex so going back to uh, the old missions yeah I spent at least a week revising every single mission on that and then was so <laughs> confused going back to the previous tech ops trying to relearn one of the ones that I didn't read previously yeah because like I what I found was uh, when we were playing at the event I'd forgotten about all the missions, because even though we played some games on the Friday and went down to Warhammer World, uh, I guess like the way I work memory-wise, because there's like technically nine missions. No, there's nine yes. layouts yeah. and three missions. But I was focusing on learning all of those for like all the tournaments I had coming up. So I just forgot about the older missions. So I thought I remembered them fondly, but I think it was very thick ruby-tinted glasses with the old missions. What did you think of it, the the situation, Charles? Um, well, I haven't played as much towards the new crit ops as you had, is the thing. So I was still like ready to play old kill team. Um, what threw me, though, again, was the, the first round I played on the board. It was uh, Consecration. I was like, I haven't played Consecration since we like first played it on the channel because we worked out it was just a bad mission. And I was like, oh, hang on, how's this one work again? I'm like, oh, that's how this one works. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bit bullshit. Um, but yeah, it was. It would have been nice being four rounds. Would have meant we would have had a four undefeated rather than like nine undefeated players. But <laughs> un- unfortunately, it's one of those ones they had to kind of go with, okay, we're only going to make it three rounds. We're only going to use the old ones because not everyone may have crit ops. And it's I unfortunate, think- but... Well, I think their plan was they were going to have a stopgap, but then it was like, I know some stores have already received some reallocation of crit ops after Christmas, but they've it's been like sporadic instead of well, like... Well, it's because GW were moving their warehouse, so I think yeah. what's happened, because a, pe- a lot of shops haven't been receiving their pre-order allocations because of all this warehouse move. Yeah, tell so me about it. <laughs> that's probably been a massive delay, which is why crit ops haven't been as available. Yeah, Uh and well, I mean, they sold out, but they're doing another print run because they said on the Kill Team Meta Watch that they were, um, but it just kind of, yeah, didn't didn't pan out that way. Uh, but it was like it's just weird. But covering all of that 
for kill team selection, that kind of influenced a lot of things. Because if you watch my video on this, I was actually originally going to use the Fast Talk Kim Band, painted them up. I was going to go for like full narrative. You know, I was going to bring Pepper Army, give it to opponents. If they didn't like it, I'd give them a banana. They didn't like that. I'd just eat them both for myself. You know, that kind of thing. And then I was like, I'll just stick with Breaches because I practice they're, Breaches the most for LVO. They're quite solid as well, Breaches. They, they're, just a, they're a good all-round team. Yeah, but it was more so I like literally technically played them for the last four or something weeks. So they would just be my best option because the the issue with the Fast Talker Kin band, they've they play much better into the new missions because they can abuse them more, because they can do stuff like uh select multiple tank up archetypes since because when you're paying a CP to pick stuff instead of paying a CP to may draw into something, it's very different. Yeah. Uh, but why did you guys use the kill teams you chose? Uh, do you want to go first, Alex? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was originally going to just stick with Orc Commandos, but John suggested a change in player, a newer kill team like uh, Intercession. So that's what I went with, and I had the models for already. But like after playing Intercession, I'd definitely keep playing Intercession. Well, for me, they're a very you team, Alex, because you were originally yeah, going to play with your commandos and you play your commandos quite aggressively. Um, but after analysing that, I was like, you could do the same thing, but with intercession and be far more effective. Uh, and you painted them. But, yeah. uh, but you painted them up and they were really nice as well. Like you went salamanders, Ooh. right? I did, yeah. I went salamanders um, purely because it was just a colour scheme that I'd never attempted. Like, I was just sick to death of painting Imperial Fists. <laughs> <laughs> no one will understand why we're laughing. Uh, uh, but and Charles, what did you go with? Because you were actually thinking about taking intercession as well, right? Well, yeah. Again, I was I was thinking of taking intercession. Um, again, I like Alex. I have the models for them, um, and I've I've got a, a bunch of them because I'm doing a crusade campaign. Um, but I was uh, I was also having to paint up two different things for different tournaments I'm going to and I just didn't have the time to get the intercession done so I, I just fell back on the vet guard as I can basically play them in my sleep I know what I'm doing with them I know their strengths and weaknesses and they kind of play themselves in a way um but like just like John's played the breaches a lot recently so he stuck with them and I've basically played apart from forge original forge world team I've played the vet guard the most, so it's a, yeah, it's a it, safe fallback. Even when you've like experimented with new hunter clade, they haven't really fit. Like, I, I just, yeah, I just don't like the new hunter clade compared to the old forge world. Like, just a few rules that are different just make them worse. They have they have some better options in some ways, but I preferred the old forge world team. Um, it's, it's like especially when you go back to the old tac ops because. I would yes, say old yeah. security is way better than new security, but that's it's it's not as yeah new security isn't as strong as old security. Um, it's still not a bad archetype, especially seeing as you can pick now in crit ops rather than having to randomly choose them. But like the the new um, hold ground or whatever is the one where you have to not let them be inside your zone. Hold them back. So much, yeah, that is now so much worse than hold the line. Yeah. Like hold the line, you could generally score two points every game with it, like through smart play. But this one, the new one, where you can't let them go into your half of the board, 
is just you're never going to be able to stop it. They just have to get a guy over the edge, like even on the center line. And there's tack ops that resolve around being on the center line. So it's it's a nearly impossible to score one unless you severely outnumber your opponent. Well, yeah. And it's like the other interesting thing is I think by this time the ITC points are finalized. So Charles yes. ended up as 10th in the UK with, uh, I think, only five events or something well, like that. No, I think it's, it might have been more than that, but it's the, the it, only, it only counts your like five most best, recent events yeah. in your best, yeah. Um, uh, but you were also the best vet guard player in the UK. So Again, I think there's not, there's not a huge number of people playing vet guard anymore, is the thing. Some have moved into such a... There's well, some of there's also people have moved on to things like breaches and things like that because they are and then they are just kind of like vet guard better in some ways. Yes, in in theory, uh, but with kill teams out of the way, I'll go into round one. So, well, we'll you know we'll go over it in a fair pace. But I'll start with mine quickly. So I was playing against commandos and I was like, this is doable. Like people say it's a bad matchup. I've played it a lot. And I was like, I know the team inside and out. With the new crit ops, this is easy. I'm going to be able to starve them. Won't be able to do, like, well, I mean, you know, won't be able to do too much. And then I was like, what mission are we playing? And I was like, I keep forgetting the name now, but it's the one where there's five objectives, three on the midline, and each player nominates one to be a primary objective. And if you uh, capture it, you get a command point and a victory point. I forgot about the command point part until like we were into the mid-strategy phase, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't stop him from just spamming. It's like just a scratch. Because the thing is, commandos can spam just a scratch anyway, but normally they lock themselves into only doing just a scratch. Right? They can't do all their ploys. Because he was getting at least one command point a turn, he could now just like continually use all his ploys every turn. And no, that's, that's the thing is that's if he only got one of the uh, the two points that you could yeah take. so if he got two then he'd get two extra command points so the annoying thing is i don't know if you encountered it but our boards like even on other games the boards weren't set up correctly in terms of like the in- orientation of key pieces wasn't correct so after we'd selected slides because i i won the roll off and i chose to be defender i noticed on the map they had like because we were playing on Nackment, so mm. they have two large silos. They had actually positioned them in the wrong way, and then one was open to the opponent and one wasn't. So I picked the one that wasn't open to stop him just deploying a Dacker boy up there, that uh, was Sniper boy, whatever, and just like immediately shooting me down with like sneaky get forward deploy. Uh, and then when I corrected mine, I noticed his open one was actually a closed one too. So. I actually should have picked the side I gave to my opponent, but by that time it was too late, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I'd accidentally blocked myself in, but this is going to be fine. And then effectively, through no fault of my own, by the end of turning point two, I think we had like 20 minutes or 15 minutes left on the round. And like my opponent was like, oh, you know, we might only get like one game in, one more, one more turn. And I was like, no, no, we're going to get four full turning points. So I started rushing. Um, and... It, like in the final turn, in my earnest to rush, I forgot I could have just moved one guy to the left, to the right, instead of to the center. And that would have scored me max points on Siege Grounds, which would have tied the game for me. Because the issue is I blocked all my opponent's tack ops, but he had gone 3-1, 3-1 on the primary, while I'd gone one 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 three, And mm. even though I had some tack op points, that just basically locked me out of the game. 
So, you know, it, it, it ended in a one game, a one victory point loss. But you know, it is what it is. You could, it's, there was a lot of factors, but it was still a fun game. It was just obviously not the result I wanted. But because there was going to be nine undefeated players at that point, I was like, yeah, there's no chance of even getting in like the top sixteen. Well, yeah, the moment the moment you lose a game, you can't podium. Yeah. Um, because there was there was uh, fifty eight players. Um, no, uh, sixty eight. Six, one six, drop. Six, six, oh, sorry, sixty eight. Yeah. So it was a very large field of players for only three rounds. Yeah, because even with four rounds, they would have been um, before it would have gone to four. Undefeated. Four undefeated. Yeah. yeah, which it still at least gives you a one, two, three. Um, uh, but which one of you guys would like to talk next about your games? Uh, well, I, I can go. Um, yeah, so, go ahead, Charles. Uh, yeah, you you were playing dual wits because one of the good things was every table had a set of terrain and a layout. And a specific mission, yes. And they were randomizing tables for everyone every round. So theoretically, you shouldn't play on the same table twice and the same mission twice, which was a really good thing they did. Yeah, I like um, that way of playing. I think, I think, I think they said there was only one or two tables that had a repeat of mission and layout. Yeah. So it was really good of them. Um, I got a Chalnath board with consecration for round one. Which was interesting because the way it was set up, because uh, it also they'd tape put tape on the boards for the deployment zone, so yes. you didn't have to spend any of that time working things out. But the way the Chanath board was was you had the two big C-shaped buildings were on two of the corners open. There was the third squarer building in another corner open, and then the third corner, which was one of my deployment zones, had like a statue and a piece of wall in it. So it was like three very open clustered sections and then one very open deployment zone. And then the, all of the walls were in the middle of the board, making like a maze. Yeah. Um, so it was a very interesting one. But the way they deployed the buildings and on the map, you couldn't get round the buildings. So you had to go through the buildings, but one of them doesn't have a door in it. So it eventually, unless you put people in the open inside that building, it locked him out of that deployment zone. Oh, wow. Because um, I... I, I I won the role and I was like, actually, I'm going to take this side of the board because I really did not like the side of the board he had. And it was against um, a Pathfinder player. <laughs> so it was like, well, I'm going to give you that side of the board, which has like the worst deployment because, okay, he can deploy behind things, but like one side of his deployment, he literally had to walk around a building before he could even see anything. Did he not take and climbing gear? Because you could still climb over he, the wall. He did take climbing gear, but only on two people. He took um, oh, four marker lights and two climbing gears. Well, again, wow. because they, um, the vantage points were completely open. So the moment he sends a person up that vantage point, they were dead. Um, oh, no. So I, it, as a Pathfinder player, I would have gone uh, climbing ropes in those areas just to climb over them. Because you would well, have no, but remember, you, John, one. you have to climb over the entire building. Wait, it's, it's not, you not mean the little walls? It's just the entire. No, no, building. no. It was in the deployment zones with the giant C-shaped buildings. Oh my god! Yeah, no. This this thing, oh. this map. Yeah, his deployment zone was so compressed. He had like a literal ba base width worth of models behind one side. Um, and again, he he put all his models behind one side of the board rather than and like only a couple on the other side. Um, Unfortunately, he was in a position on one side where I basically, turn one, had one of my guards from the frag grenade run up and throw a grenade through a window at him, which killed his actually killed his leader and wounded one of his gunners. 
Oh, so it didn't even so, get to pop a monk car. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, getting that getting that kill on the first turn probably sealed a lot of the game. Um, and I just managed to pressure through the game, and I, I think it was. I think I got three consecrations on the first turn, three on the second, uh, and then four on the fourth turn, third turn, and then by turn three, I'd I'd brought him down to I think three models, and I had like six left. Wow! But it was one of those ones of I just kind of had rolled in, pushed up into the consecrate points, and just took all the points I could. Um, it was a yeah, it was a a, a bad game for him. He only managed to score one tack op, um, whereas I managed to max out my tack ops and max out the mission. Because um, again, using old security, I had um, seize ground. Um, which I picked a piece of terrain that was between my two deployment zones near the middle of the board. Um, I had central control, which was perfect. And the last one I had was... Uh, Probably the Vetguard faction one. Uh, yes, it was. It was the... Yeah, it was. I took, I took the uh, hold two objectives, hold more than your opponent. And again, like turn one, I held three turn two i held three and it's like well i i held more than you for two turns it was done um it, it was just a kind of i just managed to push up fast enough to deny him getting out and anywhere he moved out was a bad position for him um because it, it was such a close board with all heavy terrain um, uh, but yeah that, uh, that one went very well in my favor the thing is uh the interesting thing would have been seeing the maps because they might have orientated the boards wrong in terms of the buildings. But... No, this one was, like, from the picture, that was how the building was set out. And I, I did actually go and tell them. Like, after, afterwards, I was like, that board isn't very well laid out. And it's like, well, we shouldn't be using these layouts again, seeing as when Crit Ops comes along, it will be different. Yeah, because I know they um, were designing new layouts and then last minute had to go back to yeah, these. Yeah, so I think this is one of those ones that it kind of slipped through, but... It was like one board out of 30 boards. So, well, so it's the interesting boards. thing. I, I know some players don't like their boards, but I like how these boards, just going off on a tangent, I mm. like how they, instead of going which prioritizes the attacker defender, which one gives you more vantage points, they give you drop zones that have better routes for deployment. So generally you have one yeah. board where uh, like they, there's easier ways into the board, uh, but not, not usually to that extreme. Yeah, that that one was. I think that was just a a mistake because I think the second building they had in one of the deployment zones, um, you think it should have a door on it, but it didn't. There was no yeah. physical door on the model, so that was the issue with that one. And then but, Alex, how did you go in round one? Because you were who did you play against? So I played against Pathfinders um, <laughs> on Knackman. Yeah, um, and I chose the deployment zone in the corner that didn't have the smokestacks in front of it. Yep. Um, which ultimately led to my opponent's demise early on um, because he forward deployed the uh, big Pathfinder drone up he on top the recon of drone. Advantage point. Yep. Yeah. And um, the recon drone had nothing to shoot because the big smokestacks were perfectly blocking that entire Nice. Site down the center of the board, so I decided to aggressively sprint <laughs> all the way across the board and then just start doing the slide round corners, double fire, and delete little 
seven wound models and it just the game started I was a little bit cagey at first and then I remembered I had like a free up save so it didn't really <laughs> matter anymore um yeah playing with the intercession team is just playing with a bunch of heroes it's like which one can do the most heroic thing um yeah in that game he just when he was describing his kill team to me he was like oh and this guy's got a gun that's really good at killing space marines <laughs> and I was like well that guy's obviously got a go so my, my leader at the start of the uh, second turning point just sprinted straight through the middle of the battlefield, double tapped this guy, killing him, and was just perfectly hidden in the middle of the board. Um, so he had to move like a lot round to get shots onto him. And um, yeah, effectively, the rest of his turn was spent moving Pathfinders into shooting positions as I slid round corners. Yeah, because I, I had... I had told you how to beat Pathfinders because Pathfinders yeah. go, oh, Space Marines are easy. And I was like, as a Pathfinder player, like, this is what I fear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you did it. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Is if, you, if you get to the point where you are within charging distance next turn, they either have to run away or try and shoot you. Oh, and 100%. Well, it's like, so Pathfinders like playing cagey, right? They don't like mm. it when a Marine walks seven inches into the face of two Pathfinders and goes... You're dead, gun. Next gun, you're dead because yeah. you negate all their tricks, and it's just it's hilarious. Absolutely, like he he did do the normal pathfinder thing of like move up, get a good firing position, stay concealed, hide. But concealed doesn't matter if I'm standing on the piece of terrain. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, if you're if you're right in their face, they can't be concealed. Um, so that was the the mission was the uplink terminals, yep. um, and it was. A pretty pretty standard first turn as far as he took his terminal points, I took my terminal points. Um, but I'm guessing you'd also ran onto the the ones that are actually score points. Exactly that. I've got three APL, so um, it's a lot easier for me to just sit on top of them and not worry. Um, yeah. And then I had the Space Marine mission that I get victory points oh, for capturing objectives that other people have been on. Yeah, shock and all, yeah, yeah. So he held one uplink, I held one uplink, and then the next turn I took his uplink to score the point on that. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty... <laughs> it, it became a pretty brutal game as far as that went because I just... Space Marines made their saves. Well, yeah, this is it. Like, for, for an Ion to kill you in one shot, it has to be overcharged and get five hits, which, especially when you're just getting gunned up immediately, is not the easiest thing to do. No, not at um, all. But, but yeah, yeah. after round after round one, you guys had both won and I had lost. So I, I was already on the back foot. Uh and then for round two after we had lunch, this time lunch was really good. So Yeah, the uh, the Saturday lunch was a lot better than the, the Sunday lunch. Um Yes. Uh so I think round two, yeah, I was playing in you know, I was like, okay, that I played quite a low scoring game before. Hopefully I don't get another low scoring mission. Played Master of the Terminals against Legionary. Uh, which is actually quite a bad, well, not bad, but not an easy matchup for the the, the, the breaches. So I was like, this is going to be tough. Uh, round one, we played super cagey. I won initiative turning point two because I was the attacker, so I turned off his objective first. And then I was like, oh, first activation, cap the point for turning point two. Uh, shotgun failed, and then I just charge blocked. And he was like, oh, I could just kill your guy, right? Uh, I was like, yeah, you can fall back and just shoot. And then he was like, oh, I'll just punch him. I was like, actually, yeah, you know, I've got eight wounds, but you've got four attacks hitting on threes. You should kill me. He rolls three hits. I roll one hit. 
I parry leave a level on two. Uh, after all of that, he falls. Uh, he, he does fall back, and then when he overwatches me, he gets a crit and a hit. I retain a hit because uh, I'm still in cover, and then I roll a crit and live. <laughs> and then this guy goes on to like just contest stuff for turning point three. But it was like it was really weird. We did stuff that would go like I would go, that guy's dead, and then my plasma would fluff, and then he'd go, I'll shoot you back, and I was like, yeah, I'm dead, and then he would fluff. Like the weirdest thing was my hatch cutter had was within range of my attack order and had close assault but braced and i was like his sorcerer was just going to charge and i was like oh you know he's dead he'll get a few mortal wounds and just kill me charges five dice rolls one two 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 one three <laughs> and then i'm like okay i roll a crit and a hit i reroll the two threes i get a hit because of close assault that's another hit and because of rending i've got two crits two hits and he's like i'm out of cp <laughs> so i was like you hit me for two damage and then I punch you into the next world. Um, so we, yeah, it was it was a weird, fun game. But I managed to win that. I think twelve seven, something like that, which pushed up to fourteen nine because of painting points. But it was just a weird game. Like we both played right. I mean, the biggest thing was I won the the role to be attacker, which just completely imbalances. Which is why I don't like Master of the Terminals. But that that was my round two. Uh, Charles, how was yours? Uh, so I I uh, ended up playing against uh, Mark Amos, who we always seem to get drawn each against each other in uh, tournaments uh, that we Fate, go to. Fate, destiny. Um, and he was also playing Vet Guard, and he'd done a, he'd actually done a nice team using the new Cadian models and the new Cadian box on the command squad. So it was quite a nicely done team. But we were playing uh, Secure Architect, um, and it was on Octarius, so it was kind of like a very classic kill team game. Um, but the great thing was, it's like it's Vetguard v Vetguard. We have exactly the same equipment. We have like we we had, I'm pretty sure the exact same loadout on both teams. Um, so it was one of those ones of like we have the exact same pieces. We know what we can do, and it was one of those games where it was quite a cagey, um, very close game. Um, I actually I, I actually scored really badly on tack ops, but so did Mark because we both kind of countered each other's tack ops. Um, I think I only got two points out of my attack up, so did he. But I managed to disengage more of the architect than he had. And at the end of the game, I was in possession of three of them, where he only had two. Um, so it was one of those ones of it really was a close game. And I had the only the one thing that actually won it was in the final turning point. I had my medic who'd heroically leapt over a um. He'd leapt over a scramble pile to punch a guy to death, um, who was holding one of the arch- one of the PC architect. Um, Mark then got to choose where to drop it, and he made sure he dropped it within two inches of my guy because he had um, secure assets. Yep. Um, and he was like, "Cool, well, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll be able to kill your like one." He had three wounds. He had no, he had four wounds. Um, he was like, "He should be able to kill this four wound guardsman." Um, he got. He got shot by one guy and took him down to one wound. A plasma gun overcharged at him and rolled a single hit, but he was in cover, so he just automatically blocked it. And then his final, the final shot that he had um, was his comms guy who had to come out, shoot me with his las gun, and just missed. It was like this: this one guardsman left a charmed life, um, and he was then countering the one piece of architect on the floor. Um, if he had died, it would have flipped the game to Mark winning by a point. Wow. Um, 
but it was one of those ones where this guy should have died like three times over and just didn't. Well, it's um, funny. I, I came over to that game after mine finished because uh, we actually finished half an hour early. I was like, hmm. oh, it doesn't look good. I can only see one or two, one or two of Charles's guys. Marks are like six guys. And I just walk well, away. But at that and point, then we, were me, actually, we were actually even on people on the board. It was just everyone was like hidden from everyone else. Yeah. Um, and that's but the that, thing with the game. It, it can look like there's nothing left, but actually they're all hidden all over the place. Yeah. It, it was just weird when you came i was like oh when he came up to me i was like oh he's gonna tell me he lost he's like oh one and i was like what i mean it Uh was it was a a 11 7 in the end without painting scores so it was a very low scoring game um which if 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 it wasn't being done by tac ops as the deciding secondary um it was still a low scoring game but it's one of those ones of we both basically counted each other's tac ops and it was just a very low score one but it was a good game, though. It was a very tight game. And then, uh, yeah. Alex, how did your round two go against? Um, so my round two, we played, I think it's called Consecration. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's where you capture the point and you get like... Um, the extra defense and the... The extra action. defense yeah. and the action point limit and stuff. Yep. Um, uh, that was an Octarius board and I went against Legionnaire. Ah... Um, my side of the board was a lot better than his. Um, he had to sort of split his force completely in half between left and right. Um, and then everybody on the left just had to run past a bunch of guns to get into sort of the center of the board where the points were. Um, whereas I, I was able to have a pretty clean, easy route into the center of the board, which is, I mean, what I chose to do. And that game was just purely like a slugfest. Hmm. Well, what did you go for, like, your kill team? Did you go all gun or mix or, like, all melee? Right. So I picked the same kill team throughout the entire event um, <laughs> because it just kept working. Yeah. So I, I took two intercessor warriors, um, one assault intercessor, one assault breacher grenadier, one shooting grenadier, and always the shooting commander because he was disgusted. Yes. Gun like, guy. He had a power sword anyway. Like, I don't know why anyone's stressing. That power sword still tears people up. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not a problem. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's the loadout I went with in every game. I found that the auto bolt rifles worked really well on just the regular guys. Yep. Because um, they were they were like my my volume of fire people. Their shooting was so reliable. So I guess you just gunned down the Nurgle guys. Uh, so yes, basically he had a long run straight down the middle of the board to get to my captain and my grenadier that were just like marshalling these four guys and yeah, really they just sort of individually ran into to bullets. Um, <laughs> like he did manage to charge me with this big possessed dude to try and kill me but this is where the power sword came out and it was like oh okay this is an issue now um like that captain was very good um did he kill the he killed the anointed in combat yes wow yeah i'm I'm telling you these they just spent the entire event going who can be the most heroic space marine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, the, the assault intercessor just ran at a guy with a rocket launcher. The rocket launcher fired, damaged him a little bit, fired again, 
didn't damage him, fired again, and then he, he ate it in combat. <laughs> like, he didn't even try for a grenade at that point. You were just playing a different game to us. It's crazy. It's so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that consecration was interesting against the Chaos Legionary because we knew whoever consecrated the point, it would take then two Space yeah. Marines or two Chaos to, to hold it. So there was a lot of that. Um, and playing around like the extra defense dice because we both went, well, we got three up saves. We'll take the extra defense dice and stand in the open. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and my guys were just more okay than his. There was a lot of like fluffed attacks um, on his side of the board, which obviously helps me out tenfold. No, um, that's that's great. That's usually like a really hard matchup for um, intercession. So nice work there. Oh yeah, I mean they just because I had more wounds than him as well. There was lots yeah. of one yeah. one one v ones that cracked off on the board, and just having the wound advantage meant I was already massively up. Oh, nice. No, that's great. Because it's like the, the Primaris have two more wounds than the Legionnaires, I think it is. They're like 12 yes. and 14. Exactly. And that is, that is a huge, huge number of wounds to have yeah. more when you're doing like four damage at most for the melee attack. Yeah, from like exactly. Guy. Um, and my access to rerolls seems to be a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Like, he did have some Nurgle for no pains that were quite cool. But... Yeah, ultimately, he didn't really use the... So a lot of the combat guys had the corn sort of anointed stuff, but the com- combat guys did just get bogged down by, like, scramble piles and terrain separating him from safety. Yeah, because this is what I think a lot of people forget. It, like, on a straight paper basis, like, certain stuff will mess up stuff, but if you can't actually get into combat or get across the board, your your risk of just getting shot apart or not getting into combat... Exactly that. No, Which is that's that's kind of why Alex's just throw his marines across the board. People people play marines cautiously because you have six models yes. and everyone you lose is a huge detriment. But if you just flood your opponent with targets, they kill one, there's four more ready to go. Well, see, this is exactly it. It kept getting to the same point in the game by sort of turning point two. Middle of turning point two, I was normally looking at my space marines were everywhere that shouldn't. You, I, I am within two inches of every enemy at this point, pretty much. And at that point, I'm just rolling three plus saves, and things are just dwindling so quickly. Like that turning point at two, two and a half is where all of my games were won because I went right, okay. I've had a turn of running across the board that was scary, and now I'm just going to delete six models before they activate. Yeah, yeah, because the the issue is, especially if someone's already all on conceal, they can only react one at a time, whereas you can react and kill two at a time. Yeah, and also just the the sheer fact of I've only got six models to activate, so I'm going to put myself in a position where when you start activating past me, I'm getting overwatches from every single guy, you know, two yeah. centimeters away from everybody. No, that's great. Uh, but going into the final round, because this was only a free round event, uh, I was up against uh, another guy using crew who turned out to be the son of the guy I just played, which is interesting. And I've played his brother before, so now I've technically played the whole family. But he was using crew. We were on, oh gosh, Morok. And while I love Morok, I do not love the way they Warhammer would have set up the boards for Morocco because 
<sighs> like my drop zone, yeah, I lost the attacker defender role. Uh, we were playing Consecration. One of my drop zones, three quarters of it, was filled by a large building. And because I'm going to yeah. put a barricade on it, I had blocked myself. I've been blocked out of three quarters of that drop zone. So I had like not much to, to go. And when I noticed my opponent had gone full conceal, I was like, screw it. Just just play aggressive. Uh, so I pu- pushed up like last activation. I managed to grenade a point he consecrated and captured it. Like he was really good at blocking off with the crew. Um, but it's because I kind of know them inside and out. And like the biggest thing I said is he went mass meat, which is actually good against breaches on paper. But because we we're playing consecration, I would have taken more trophies. So effectively, while he did that, I was just like position, 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 and then just focusing to get tack up points while also negating his. So like he couldn't really get Robin Ransack on me because I was stopping it. No, he went full, um, what do you call it? He went full um, recon. So he had uh, Vantage and then Overrun, but then also Balance the Books, which is the croup one. So if you get uh, max attack up and you haven't lost more than six guys, you get a victory point. Uh, and then if you do it again, get another victory point. So I was like, if I kill seven crew, he can't score two. Um, vantage is going to be hard for him to score because I'm contesting the scorable vantage points. And then like overrun, if I kill enough, he will, he will be too spread thin. That's basically what happened. Like it got very clutch turning point four because I won initiative and then I was like, okay, he's got four guys left. I've got four guys left. My melter is engaged on the point with one wound. If I activate my melter first and capture it, and go to conceal. I've got that point. He can't stop it. And then I'll just win by like one. And that's effectively what I did. Um, what he needed to do was kill my endurance in combat with his vet. But I had brace up and he rolled a crit and a hit. And I rolled a hit. So I was like, you're only going to do two damage to me and I'll live by two. And he was like, yeah. And then um, that that's how that game ended up. So I won. I think, I think it was like oh, 40, uh, no, 16, 14. So it was very close. But it's like without the new tac ops and the new crit op rules, the crew don't have that much of an edge. Like they really like Morok because they're bound, because most stuff is one white to climb. So he was just speeding across the board, but he couldn't do it in such a way because of my breaches. But it was still a fun game and it was nice playing crew. Uh, but Charles, how did your final game go? Uh, so my final game, I got a, uh, a another, I got a Legionnaire player and kind of uh, un- unfortunately legionnaires are a great team for me to face because i just have a, a number of bodies just to waste actions on and i can basically i can move six guys that i don't care about and he's got to move all six of his guys then i can start doing things um we ended up playing uh, master terminals on another octaris board um it did not go very well for the legionnaires um because the the deployment zones are on the diagonal, um, his deployment zone had an Octaris building on kind of just outside on one side of it, and then one of the L-shaped walls um, on the other side. Yeah. But then just a single wall in the deployment zone. Oh my gosh! And he'd he'd hidden his stuff as best as he could, and it was all in cover, but he'd put his sorcerer where he thought it should be out of sight, but engaged. And oh. unfortunately, I, I, um, he'd forgot that Vet Guard have a stratagem for a free dash at the start of the game. So I'd dashed basically three inches out of my zone into into cover, and on the on my right flank, my sniper was like, "Oh well, if I just 
dash another three inches, I can now see your um, I can see your uh, your um, sorcerer. sorcerer and um, pop him. Um, and oh, oh, and also it was it wasn't just the source. It wasn't just the sniper. It was um, I had my grenadier on that side of the board as well. And it wasn't until we'd actually done all the deployment that I was like, oh, hang on. I can move my grenadier out, fire off a frag grenade to hit three guys because uh, he had his grenadier, his uh, his grenadier hit his plasma gun and hit his heavy bolter. Yeah. Um, did nothing to the plasma gun. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Wounded the, did a few damage to the plasma gun, did nothing to the heavy bolter, did a couple of wounds to the sorcerer. And then the sniper followed up and deleted the sorcerer, um, just with pure mortal wounds. Uh, I think I, I think that when I rolled three sixes from the sniper, wow. kind of, well, that, that's that's nine mortal wounds, um, and just deleted the, the the sorcerer before he could even do anything. Um, interestingly, he took an icon bearer. Uh, he took an icon bearer, and was it the Shrive Talon? Or his lead. I think it was the Icon Bearer and the Shrive Talon. He took a Slanesh for oh. um, like the bonus move. Because with the Icon Bearer, he had, he had Nurgle for everyone else, and then he had the Icon Bearer Slanesh. So that meant he could do either the Slanesh ploy for free or the Nurgle ploy for free from his yeah. leader. And I was like, oh, that's actually a, a clever way of doing it, being able to have a second model do that. Um, unfortunately, he got about six inches out of his deployment zone in the entire game. Um, just because as as his guys would move up, I could just waste a, waste an action. He's got to move somebody else up, and then I could uh, just get round and kill somebody. It was, it was well, it was in the start of turning point two. I'd moved my melt gun up the board. Um, he jumped up onto his vantage point that was outside his deployment zone and killed my melt gun with the heavy bolter. And the melt gun going, cool. I'm going to spend a command point and uh, in death's duty end. Um, so he didn't. He he dies, but doesn't die. He then ran over and shot the strife talent in the face, and then there was a pile of ash left. Damn. Um, yeah. It, it, it like I say a legionnaire team is like perfect to face with vet guards because you just have the activation priority over it. Um, and again, because it was because it was um, master the terminals, it's like all you do is you get points for disengaging the firewalls. He disengaged one. Well, he disengaged the two on his side. I disengaged the two on my side, and then I just run two guys onto the uplinks on the first turn. So I scored max points on the first turn, um, and then by that point, it was just he was on the back foot because he'd already lost a sorcerer. I'd injured two of his other guys, and then it was just into turn two, killed the Shrive Talon. Um, my plasma gun leapt up on my building. He, he got given an extra extra point, leapt up on my building, shot, and then jumped back off the building. Um, and it was just being able to take apart a marine at a time. Just they died. They well, they they died in the start of turning point three, and then turning point four. I I had a guy with pump banner who just ran across the board and dropped the banner in the deployment zone. Ultra so I, style. I, yeah, I, I score I scored max on the primary and max on tac ops. Um, it was a very one sided game, but let's say oh. it's a good one for me. Well, after the cruel events of Charles, how how did your final game go, Alex? Um, I went against um, Navy, Navy Breaches yep. on an Octarius board, and the mission was Loot and Salvage. That's a good one. Uh, which I haven't played yet, but it was super fun. 
Um, so I got to pick the deployment zone. I picked a nice big open deployment zone. His deployment zone really sucked for him. Um, <laughs> there was just one building and everything just had to hide behind this one building. Um, and then to get into the board, he either just jumped into the open uh, in front of the building or there was a second L-shaped building just outside of his deployment zone. So I realized that this is where his hole cut is going to cut a hole through and then he's got access to the center of the board. Yes. So for the, you know, when you pick barricades or change action or dash. Yeah. I chose the dash um, on one space Marine and that space Marine then sprinted from one side of the board to the opposite side of the board and stood in front of that wall. So there was no <laughs> physical way he could brick a hole in the wall and get out of his deployment zone. Um, oh. And there was also a loot and salvage point where he was. So he was oh. contesting the objective and blocking the entire route into that section of the board. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, that dude was a legend. Mm. Um, I then had the Grenadier and one Space Marine sort of at the back of the board. Um, one just regular assault intercessor held the middle of the board. And then my captain was just doing some weird maneuvers on the side um basically trying to flank a lot of them um but yeah so the game went on the first turn i looted four of the loot and salvage points so i got the the maximum i could for that turn plus i was standing on four of the loot and salvage points um he managed to get to one but he got to it looted it and then that guy got absolutely toasted <laughs> <laughs> by a, a space marine from miles away um, and then he sort of was stuck behind this, these two buildings. So he shuffled the entire formation round, but he was still every model behind these two buildings. Yeah. So at the start of turning point two, everybody just swarmed around the buildings. I got as far and as close to these buildings as humanly possible. Um, <laughs> he then finally cut a hole in the side of the building and came out through the side entrance so he couldn't immediately get round and shoot that space marine that was standing on the objective. Yeah. Uh, so he came out of the side door, flew up, and hit my leader with this uh, melter gun. And my leader um, just about survived it, then shot back and killed one. Um, so, yeah, he did pretty well. And then he got finished off at the end of the next turn. Um, I lost the most amount of space marines that I lost the entire event in this game. I think I got down to one Space Marine in the end, but... Oh, wow. By that point, I had basically formed a, a long diagonal wall, forcing him to stay behind these buildings and not score any of the loot and salvage points. Um, and it it was like obviously difficult for him to score any tack hops because he was just stuck in this position behind these buildings. Um, and slowly just turn by turn I forced him more and more into a huddle behind these buildings um, whilst the other space marines just went and grabbed the loot and salvage points so I, pretty much from turn one he was on like a timer which just ticked away from him too quickly for him to actually get out and score enough points to win the game because that was obviously my primary goal was to win that last game so I could go three undefeated. 
Oh, no, yeah, of course. Like, because a lot of people tell me, oh, they, they think loot really sucks for elites. But I think if elites can get going early and control the board, then they just win that game yeah. because... Oh, yeah, 100%. Once I was standing on the markers, he realised that he's not going to get two breaches that far across to stop me just taking all of those pips. Well, not without you killing one of them. Oh, yeah, like, easily. Or, or both of them, even. It's, <laughs> it's the... Like I say, if you can push to his side of the board quicker than he can get out, you could just lock down his side of the board and he's not getting past you. Which was exactly what happened. Like, it was a blessing that he got caught behind that, that building and I was able to put that Space Marine just in the way. Well, that was oh, the thing. You, the you noticed it was something you could do and you capitalised on it. Yeah. And that, that the second I'd done it, it really, you could see it tainted his entire game plan. And when that starts happening to somebody it starts just going downhill rapidly oh yeah of course like um but did, did you win the the role to be attacker or defender or did your opponent win Oof, that's a good question like um did he make you be the defender or did you realize no no i, I picked to be defender oh nice now, that's a good spot because like a lot of people would have missed that um so no that's really good mood i was like really yeah. like obviously your opponent was probably had an interesting game where he just couldn't do anything, but that's yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a good demonstration of board control. Yeah. Um, so bless them, all my opponents were wicked. Oh no, that's that's good to hear. Um, but overall, so uh, I think I placed somehow. I thought I was going to place lower, but I placed twenty six out of um, oh gosh, uh, eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah. And you guys, obviously, so there was going to be undefeated players, um, but I knew there was going to be a lot more. Uh, so hmm. there was nine undefeated players, but you guys finished fifth and sixth. Yeah. So. It was mostly... Um, because it was, it was based on TACOPS being the secondary decider. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's my, my second game where I only managed to score two TACOPS is what knocked me right down on that. Um, whereas Alex, you scored like you actually scored like four and five across like each of your games, so you, you did quite well across each game, but you didn't get any max games. Yeah, uh, it, it was like I, I think that was the only flaw in your plan, Alex, because it's like the weird thing about this event is um, it does do tack ops as the primary tiebreaker, and but I don't think anyone actually maxed all tack ops. So... Yeah, no. Um, first and second, I did believe. I believe so. Um, I possibly even third place. Uh... Maybe. Uh, oh no. So, oh yeah. So first place got eight. Yeah, first, second, and third place all got eighteen secondaries. <laughs> fourth, fourth place got seventeen secondaries. Yep. Uh, and both me and Alex got fourteen secondaries each. And you had um, more victory point overall. Yeah, I I had. Um, uh, two, yeah, I had two more victory points uh, than Alex did. Um, but that that's a but not only did uh, you guys go undefeated, Alex won the best award of the event. You won yes. most sporting. I did. I won most sporting player because, like I said, all three of my opponents were champions. Oh, yeah, it's like sounds like you had some really good games. I did. Um, I mean, funnily enough. I played against three people I've definitely been at tournaments with before, <laughs> and I've, I've I've played two of them before, um, and they're always just great guys. Oh, no. 
but that that but, but what did you guys think of the event overall? Or like your final thoughts? Oh, I thought it was a great event. I mean, obviously, I didn't necessarily feel the impact of the sort of clerical stuff at the start of the event with the change in tack ops, other than you saying, "Yeah, we're not using those tack ops now; use the old, old tack ops." Um, so all in all, I thought everything was uh, was great. It seemed smoothly run. There was enough breaks. I like. Uh, obviously, it's just a kill team event thing that I like, but I like the fact that you go to the board and see there's a picture there. The mission is there. The fact that they added like the tape for the zones and the objective markers was huge. Oh yeah, they also yeah they also did objective markers as well. Um, so that that, that made was the really game neat. so much easier. Mm. Yeah, because usually I bring my own, so them doing that was really nice. And yeah. I th- I think the only thing I missed was the end of the event they were like oh by the way we know this is one this wasn't the event you or we wanted so they just gave away free dice for us as a consolidation yeah that was great yeah and there's there's a nice dice too yeah so it was like it i know some people had gripes but it was still a good event overall Uh, i think my only gripes were the terrain mostly but i I know those go on sorry i was gonna say i like how they've digitized a lot of the process yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's it's basically all you need to do is like as long as you have a phone, you can just you don't need to worry about pen and paper anymore. Like it's just very neat. Yeah, there's um, no like writing down at the end of the game this many points and that many points. Like the game itself is quite a a clerical game. You have to manage a lot of different moving pieces um, as far as like scoring points goes. So that makes it so much easier to just put it down in a system like that and it's done off like scanning a QR code. Oh yeah, and they even made um like most sporting and stuff all digital so there was like less paper waste which was actually more convenient for us to use. Mm-hmm. Um, well what about you Charles what did you think? <laughs> uh, I I like I say I enjoyed it it was good the uh having every table had a set layout and again there was a picture of the layout for the table with the objective markers in the right positions and the deployment zones marked. So that meant you literally could turn up and all you had to do was select till team, select tack ops, select equipment, play the game. It just it reduced half the stuff you had to do, and that was really good for the event. Um, and like I say, I played three different missions. I played two Octarises, but completely different layouts. Um, and you guys, again, played three different missions on different layouts. So it, it meant you weren't like, oh, this board again. Um, it, do you not remember me coming up to you at the middle of uh, yeah. round one and two going, I think something's messed up here. I'm, I'm on a weird board. Yeah, because you'd gone from like table, like, one of the high tables to a low table. And you're like, but I won my game. Why am I on a low number? It's like, don't yeah. worry, random, random, it's fine. Um, which always catches people out when they do that event, when they randomize tables rather than putting the, the top players on the Ooh, top. I like that. I feel that like that took a lot of pressure off because I was just tucked away in my own space yeah. watching my own game huh? it will be good to see the next event they run which should be crit ops barring barring anything happening and the entire world supply of them bursting to flames um but warhammer fest i think is their next big kill team one which will be a combined normal and into the dark one well so the interesting thing is their next event is their weekday narrative event oh yes the weekday uh, yes which yeah. i'm going to uh i don't know because narrative missions technically don't use crit ops, so I guess it's going to be old tack ops no, if, again. If they are, well, if they are using the narrative ones, you don't use tack ops and narrative ones, do you? 
you do you can buy a narrative yeah. you can pick from any i believe so yeah. Yeah. you get access well, to one yeah that'll be an interesting one well all i know is it's it's using soft scores and narrative missions so maybe the boards will have less terrain i don't know but that that's the technically the big official event is um end of april for warhammer fest which i know mm. me and you are going to charles yeah. despite the price uh like oh gosh the hotels man the hotels are rough but um that's going to be interesting because it's our first mixed event because i think it's run by the u.s team so it's um yeah not not looking forward to the into the dark part of it because what we've 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 said while playing into the dark games that we it's not fantastic yeah i mean i only play it people might yeah people might enjoy it but it's not it really slows the game down in terms of actual gameplay. Well, for me, it's more not going on into the dock, right? But it just takes away too much from the game. I miss the verticality and vantage points. Not saying like they're the things I like most about the game, but you're removing aspects of the game to play a game. But it's like my low-key hope is when season three drops, which should be August, we get a new set of terrain. It just eliminates into the dock. But it should be fun. Like, I think, um, so one of the people in the London group messaged today that they'd gone back from GW from emails and they said day one will be in open play and then day two will be into the dark, which is much oh, better. It's much better than doing open into the dark, open into the dark. Because which it, was, it saves... I believe the original plan was that. Was like yeah, so we did it at the open. I prefer alternate. I prefer one day or the other because it's easier on the TOs and stuff. Hmm. Um, but that should be fun. I hate mixed events though because into the dark well. isn't very balanced. But, I wish they'd yeah, I'd wish they'd like said that earlier because then I would have been like, Oh, can I just do day one and not day two? Because then I could have gone and played Warcry. Um Yeah. No, I think well, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking something else. But that that should be our next biggish event. And then I think mm. we're waiting for Warhammer World to announce more. I mean, I've already signed up for their May Wednesday into the dark event. So because I was like, you know, might as well. I have to play into the dark properly eventually. Uh but that's after Warhammer Fest, I think. But no, it should be fun. I'm just painting up teams. But yeah, what are your plans for kill team next, guys? So obviously I'm painting up, at the moment, lots of new kill teams because I need to get some more games in, but for yourselves? Uh, I, if I can actually get round to it, possibly paint up the intercession. Um, yeah, it would be nice if you had a third team, Charles. It would really help with the channel. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's that's not my channel. Um, yeah, no, no, uh, no. What about you, Alex? Um, I already have the Pathfinder's kill team and the Orc Commando's kill team, which I'm probably going to build and play. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, but but yeah, that's pretty much it from us today. I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. It's been a while. I'll be back doing more. My plan is now to do bi-weekly ones, hopefully. Uh, but as I said, like Warhammer World events are the best, in my opinion. And you won't have a bad time if you go. Hopefully, I think they're going to do like two-day events and various kinds of kill team events. So no matter what you go to, because like you get lunch included, the boards are great. They're quite dense, but it's all official terrain and stuff. But it's really fun, and you're, you're always going to have a good time. Even uh, Elliot, the lead designer, was there asking, like doing judging for rules questions and stuff. So that was neat. It's really good when you get to see a lead game developer actively like witnessing and watching their game and getting involved. So that was really cool there. But, you know, that's pretty much it. So I'd like to thank Charles and Alex. Thanks for coming and playing. It was really fun meeting you all again. And thanks for coming onto the podcast. Thank you very much. But yeah, we'll be back eventually. 
But remember to do all the social media stuff. I've got Patreon and stuff and Discord. You can find them however you want. But until next time, no matter how many tournaments you play at, remember, there's always a chance to win, as long as you can roll a crit.